You know, I I wish that I could be at every one of your tables because I want to hear how God met you, how he spoke to you through his word, through this passage. Don't you just love this story, this encounter that Jesus has with this woman? Now that you have walked through this time and spent time in this passage, we're going to walk through it together. Okay? We're going to start in Mark 5, 27. Did you notice the woman comes up behind Jesus? Behind him. Did you see the, the, she is the complete opposite of Jairus, right? Who's the important leader that goes straight up to Jesus. No, she, she sneaks up behind him. She doesn't even try to get his attention. In fact, she's hoping to go unnoticed. Because what does this woman believe about herself? That Jesus is doing more important things with more important people. I'm not worth his time and attention. And yet, she dared to reach out in hope. She dared to reach out against all of her shattered hopes, that this was what she had been looking for. She hoped that no one would notice. She hoped that no one would know that she was defiling the great teacher with her unclean touch. Surely she could stay lost in the pressing crowd. If only she could get close enough to touch. And she does, right? And when she does, when she but touches the hem of his cloak, she feels the freedom in her body. Her suffering is gone. And Jesus knows it, right? And he goes searching for her. And his disciples try to urge him on. They're like, Jesus, what do you you mean? Who touched me in this crazy crowd of people? And remember, there's a dying girl. They're trying to get him to the dying girl. But Jesus kept on looking for her. He didn't give up on her. He pursued her. Because her story is not finished. She has been healed of her physical suffering, but Jesus knew there was still bondage there. There were still lies that had to be broken, truth that had to be spoken, freedom he wanted to give. So the woman steps out, she is trembling in fear. Have you ever been so afraid that you have literally physically trembled? She doesn't know what this is going to cost her to step out. But she knows 
She can no longer let shame hide her. So she comes out of hiding. She falls at his feet and tells him what? The whole truth. She is throwing off the lies that she doesn't matter, that she isn't worth Jesus' attention. She is done living in shames and lies and empty living. She tells him the whole truth. Everything. Did, Did you picture this encounter? Did you see it? I imagine the crowd leaning in to hear every word. And yet she doesn't care. She's got eyes only for Jesus as she pours out her heart and tells him everything. No holding back. And what is Jesus' response? He calls her daughter. In no other place in scripture does Jesus use the word daughter like this. In one place he says daughter of Abraham. In one place he says daughters of Jerusalem. But in no other place in scripture does Jesus just say daughter. His daughter. He calls her of all people. Her, she's the one who tried to sneak a healing. She's the one that the world cast off as not important, not noteworthy, not noticeable, not enough. The world said she's broken, usable, dispensable. And Jesus said, no. She's my daughter. She is mine. With that one word, Jesus shatters the lies. That one word, daughter, is truth. Daughter, your faith has healed you. You dared to believe that I am the one, the one and only that can ever give you what you need. Now, now you can go in peace. Now you can be freed from your suffering, not just your physical suffering. Now you are truly free. Do we believe that this is God's story for us? Can we disbelieve every lie that we believe about ourselves and accept the truth that Jesus calls us daughter? Do we grasp the truth, the magnitude of who God is to be able to understand the significance of our daughterhood? Because just like we believe lies about ourselves, we believe lies about God. And those lies keep us from being truly free. And I could stand up here all day and preach the truth of who God is, but that's not going to make it sink into your soul. 
I believe that best happens in an intimate encounter with you and Jesus. An encounter that involves you pouring your heart out to him, telling him the whole truth, and letting him intimately speak his word of truth over you. And I hope that that is what you experienced this morning. Or I hope that it it was a step in the journey of moving out of bondage and into freedom by uncovering the lies and replacing his truth that sets you free. The reality is that while we want the journey to look like this, that we want it to be just this straight line, got the bondage, identify the lies, replace the truth, we're in freedom. The reality is that often the journey looks like this. You see that? In the examples I shared last night from my life, I have experienced freedom, real freedom, freedom from unforgiveness, freedom in my marriage, freedom in my identity. I truly have. And it has brought wholeness and joy and peace in my life. Does that mean I never slip back into those lies? Does that mean that I never feel the weight of bondage in those areas again? No, I I do. But here's what happens. When you've tasted freedom, you begin to recognize what bondage feels like, right? And so when it hits, you know that's what you're feeling. And the more and more you become familiar with this process of seeing the bondage, identifying the lies, replacing with truth, moving into freedom, the more naturally you can move through that. So that when those the, those lies slip back into our belief, when we slide back into that bondage, we don't have to stay there. We move back through. Right? And when this becomes part of your thinking, part of how you function, you can move through that, that path into freedom so much more naturally. You know, the original journey can take months or years sometimes, but when you've been through it already, you can move through it again. Sometimes in a day, sometimes in an hour, sometimes in moments even. Because you've been through it before. You can remember the truths that he has spoken into you. Bondage to freedom. Because the freedom that Jesus died to give us is truly ours. So what does this freedom look like? Let's, let's unpack that now. Okay, What is freedom really? Because it's not the world's definition of freedom, right? Freedom is really important to us as Americans. It's probably our number one value as a culture. But it gets really twisted, right? The world tells us that freedom is doing whatever I want, whenever I want. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. 
But that's the opposite of freedom, right? That's actually bondage to self. And you know what? Even Christian culture can feed us lies about freedom. We can believe that freedom is about being able to reach and maximize our full potential, about having everything that we long for. But that's actually living for yourself. And the Bible tells us that we are to die to self. We're to be slaves to Christ. So how does that work? How do we live in freedom in Christ and slavery to Christ? How do those coexist? True freedom is being yoked to Jesus. Remember we talked about this verse last night, the the verse where Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, when I used to picture Jesus' yoke, I was the one wearing the yoke. I was the ox in the field, pulling, plowing, working. And Jesus was a farmer behind me, guiding me, driving me to work, to pull, to plow. When that's the image in your head, it becomes a reality in your life. And that was a reality that I lived out. And the yoke was not easy. It was not light. My husband and my kids and I, we left China for a summer and spent three weeks in counseling because the yoke felt so hard. The burden felt so heavy. And I wondered what in the world Jesus meant when he said his yoke was easy, his burden was light. But then I realized, when Jesus says, my yoke, he's wearing the yoke. And I am yoked together with him. He's not the farmer behind me, driving me. He's right next to me, and we're yoked together. That is why it's easy and light. Because the God of the universe, the lover of my soul, the one who calls me daughter, is yoked with me. And that is freedom. There's another lie about freedom that I think we have bought into big time. And that that, that is that freedom is the absence of of hard things. We don't like hard things. But scripture tells us that we will experience hardship and grief and suffering. There's no getting out of that in this life. But when we are yoked to him, we don't have the layers of lies separating us from intimacy with him. So when hardship hits, when grief comes, when the sufferings overwhelm, we are free to experience intimacy with him in those hard things. Do you see the difference? Because you see, lies are part of what can make hard things horrible 
Like when you believe the lie that God is causing this hard thing in your life to teach you a lesson. That he is this puppeteer jerking on the strings of life to make you better. That's not who our God is. He is a God who hurts with us, who holds us in our pain. You know, when, when those hard times hit, I think our, our response is, is this posture. Like, why, God, why? But the reality is, he's not up there. He's here with us saying, I know, I know. And I am holding you in that pain. I am feeling that pain with you. That is the truth about the the hard things that happen to us. There's also the truth that, that that we can step into hard things willingly. See, the world tells us that we are to avoid hard things, right? Or we only do hard things long enough so that we can get to the easier, the better, the safer. Just do it long enough to get to that easier place. But if we live a life that is free of sacrifice and suffering, we're not living yoked to Jesus. Because Jesus steps in to sacrifice and suffering for the sake of the gospel. Do you see the difference? When, when you step out and say, I, I will do this, I will sacrifice and do this hard thing, there are two different motivations you can have for that. One motivation is saying, I, I want to do this to, to make God happy with me. Or, or to make other people happy with me. That motivation is trying to earn approval. That's the root of it. And that's bondage. Or you can step out and say, I will do this hard thing. Because you understand the truth of who God is. And who he has made you to be. You come to understand the calling that he has for you specifically. And that means you don't say yes to all the hard things, to all the needs. You step out and live in obedience, in servanthood, in sacrifice to what he calls you to because you are yoked to Jesus. And that's how he lives. So you do the hard things that he calls you to do, but you do them from a place of freedom. You're not earning anything. You're not earning any approval at this point. You're walking secure in a love relationship with the Savior of your soul. And the God of the universe calls you into hard things that are beyond your own ability, beyond your own strength, and that's why they feel scary and hard. But see, that's when the Holy Spirit steps in. And that's when he empowers you and it becomes something that you know is beyond you. 
That's the beautiful thing that happens. It's not of yourself. Here's another truth about freedom. True freedom is knowing that we are free to fail. Failure is not a word that we like either, is it? But see, when you step out in obedience to do a hard thing, you can get caught up in believing the lie that it's all up to me. Do you know the freedom that I experienced when I realized that my ministry could fail and I would be okay? You know, God is active and doing amazing things in the ministry of Velvet Ashes right now. But if for some crazy reason it were to fail and we just had to shut it down, I would be okay. There was a time where I would not have been able to say that. But I realized I could be okay because God and his kingdom are way bigger and beyond anything that comes of my own efforts. And if anything that I do fails, his kingdom will roll on, right? It's not on my shoulders. It's not up to me. And if, if what I'm doing, what he calls me into, if it fails, he'll have other purposes for me. He'll have purposes for me in that failure, right? Do you know the weight that is lifted when you live in that realization? It's not all up to me. I can fail. I realized that I could ultimately even fail as a mother. I mean, I do fail as a mother, probably daily. But I could fail my children in the big picture. And ultimately, God could still redeem my children. It's not all up to me. And this doesn't, you would think it would cause a laziness, but it it doesn't. It causes a, a lightness and a joy. Because I don't have to fix all their problems. I don't have to solve all their mistakes. Correct all their mistakes. Because, guess what? I can't. And trying to do that just sucks the life out of me. But living in God's joy and His purpose for me... And simply pointing my kids to do the same. Now that is freedom. True freedom is being free to rest. Rest. Now that's a word we like. Not a word that we're actually very good at though. Do you know that one of the best ways to discover the lies that you believe about yourself and about God? Practice Sabbath. Practice doing nothing productive for a whole day. See what that stirs up in you. And practice Sabbath not in a legalistic way, but in a life-giving way. When Jesus came, he destroyed the legalism that the Jews had built up around Sabbath. But he didn't negate Sabbath itself. But somehow we've believed the lie that Sabbath is no longer needed. 
We ignore the truth that God created Sabbath for us from the beginning. He wired us with this rhythm. And when you live a truly free life, you step out in obedience to work and to serve, to extend yourself, but then you retreat into his rest. You enter into the rest and restoration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. If practicing Sabbath is not part of your rhythm, I would say you're missing out. And I know how countercultural this is. But if you want to live a truly free life, Sabbath rest is a part of it, a huge part of it. And if it feels impossible, maybe there's some bondage and some lies to work through, some changes to make. And I don't want to talk much about what Sabbath should look like, because that's where it can turn into legalism. Sabbath will look different for different people, in different personalities, in different seasons of your life. But the question that I ask myself when I'm trying to figure out what Sabbath will look like for me is, is it life-giving? Am I entering into the rest that Jesus has for me? Sabbath is a weekly reminder that God is on his throne and I am not. And it is a living out of that truth. And that is freedom. True freedom is coming out of hiding. Lies create shame, and shame causes you to hide. But like the bleeding woman, when you encounter Jesus, when he pursues you, you throw off that shame and step out of that bondage and break free of those lies and you step out of hiding. When you are truly free, you tell your story. And maybe that means you tell your story on the internet for the whole world to see. And maybe you tell your story to a few friends. But when you are truly free, your story is no longer about yourself. It's about the glory of God. Because he is the one who brings you out of the lies and the bondage and into the truth and the freedom, into the life that he died to give you. Friends, it has been an amazing weekend with you. The team that was praying for you during that hour and a half, I can honestly, no exaggeration, say that was one of the most intense prayer experiences I've ever had. Every person praying for you was in tears. As we prayed for God to move, for God to bring the freedom that we long for, to open our eyes to the, tr- to the lies that we believe, to speak his truth tenderly, deeply, personally, into each of our hearts. Friends, I hope that you 
will leave this weekend with hope. With knowing that this disconnect that we feel when we read these verses of God's commands and promises for us in Scripture, that disconnect doesn't have to happen. We don't have to wish for these things to be true in our lives. They can be true in our lives. We can experience His yoke that is easy, His burden that is light. We can live without worry and anxiety. We can rejoice always. We can be filled with His peace. We can be content. Because the truth is, He calls us daughter. And we are His.